two, one, and we are live. Once again, we are thankful and we are grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are thankful and we are grateful for all of you. We're thankful and grateful for those that are online, our online community. And we just so praise your holy and righteous name for the Lord. Amen. And today we're going to go into the book of St. Luke. The book of St. Luke. Mm-hmm. The book of St. Luke, chapter number 5. We have a very interesting message that the Lord has <coughs> given us. And we want to uh, make sure and we pray that we will do justice to what God has given us. Luke chapter number 5. Father, bless your word. We thank you, God, because we know that it's already blessed. We pray now for the anointing of your vessel that will bring forth your word. And we pray now, God, to just settle me down in the spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we just praise you. Bless the listeners, those that are online, and online community. We pray, Father God, that the word that will come forth will be rich to that hearing and will fall into that spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, beginning in the book of St. Luke, chapter number 5. Our title, the Lord gave me, and I started off the Lord, I started off with one thing, but it ended up God had gave me something else by the time I reached the end of his word. The first thing, you know, I thought the Lord had said was, uh, at thy word, at his word. But by the time I finished listening to the Lord, uh, then it ended up talking about deep waters, deep waters. Now, in chapter number five, beginning in verse number one, just want to kind of teach this morning uh, because there's a lot of things here that God is wanting to reveal. The other morning I, uh, when I sat down before the Lord, and my devotion had said to me, don't be in a hurry, but give God his time, and he will drop treasures from heaven. And he did. But, he, you know, I, I, when I sat down before the Lord, it was about 6.30 a.m., and when the Lord released me, it was about 15 to 12. And it seems as if time just was, you know, had escaped. I, I didn't realize it was that long that I had been in the presence of the Lord and the Lord was speaking, and I didn't want to miss anything that God had said. So we're going to begin, and we're going to share with you what God shared with me. Amen. And I believe when we finish, we'll understand what the Lord uh, has said or is saying. In verse number 1 in St. Luke chapter number 5, verse 1 says, And it came to pass (coughs) that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret. And verse 2 says, And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And verse 3 says, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. (coughs) The first thing the Lord says, we need to look at the word Genesaret. And here that word means, it means the sea of riches. The sea of riches. And the Lord says to me, Many people can stand in the same place but yet not receive the same message. And what he was saying here, he's, the, the Word of God says that he was standing and the people was pressing upon him to hear the Word. Now, we, we don't hardly find that anymore, do we? Where people press uh, up, uh, into the house or press uh, into the presence of the Lord to hear the Word of God. But they was pressing to hear the word. But he also says that he stood by the lake Genezareth. Now, he stood by it. He, he, there he stood by the sea of riches. Now, watch verse number two. 
Look at his observation. His observation in verse number two says, and he saw two ships, which meant that they were in agreement. Now, that word ship there represents uh, vessels. Vessels are known to carry valuable cargo. So he sees them, he sees, he sees them, and they are standing by the lake, the, these fishermen. They are standing by the lake, standing. That means they were in a place of inactivity. They were idle. And why were they idle? Why was there, there no activity? The Bible goes on to say, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing <coughs> their nets. The fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Isn't not interesting, God says, that with these the fishermen as well as himself, they were standing on the land. One sees the, the sea of riches and the other has given up. He doesn't see. It's just like we can have uh, two people in the same location and they do not hear or see the message that God is conveying. So the fishermen didn't, couldn't see the, the, the sea of riches, but Christ does. Now, it says that the fishermen had gone out of them. We're like, okay, God, what, what are you saying that the fishermen had gone out of them? They, their desire, they, they had disappointment. They was in a place of despair. And that gifting that they had on the inside of that vessel, it had gone out of them. And there's a reason why it had gone out of them. You know how it is sometimes when, when we're going through different things in life, and sometimes that, that zeal and that desire and that thirst and that hunger for the Lord and for the Word of God, it seemed to go out of us. But they were idle. I mean, there was no activity. They could not see where they were was a sea of riches. Sometimes we cannot see the riches of God because we are blinded by circumstances. They were blinded by circumstances, their situation. It's like this. Has it not sometimes in our own life we have not been able to see the goodness of God because of situations and circumstances in our life? Has anybody been there besides me? Amen. I've been there. And you, we, sometimes we question God and say, God, where are you? But God, his word lets us know that he will never leave us, nor will he forsaken us. But we have to be careful not to allow the fishermen in us to go out of us because we are carrying valuable cargo. So you've got to understand what you got on the inside. I mean, I know what I've got. Amen. You've got to know what you've got. And we, are, we, we have valuable cargo. See, it's the enemy's desire to make us want to give up. And see, that's what the fishermen had done. They had given up, okay? Now, the next thing God gives me is this. He says, now, what, Brenda, what makes a great fisherman? Not a good fisherman, but a great fisherman. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm an amateur at fishing. You know, I, just in the past few years, that I, I did some fishing, I you know, I, I, I ventured out and I did some deep sea fishing, amen. And, I, I mean, besides being afraid, but it was also exciting too, amen. It was just so exciting, you know. And then when I caught my first fish, I mean, it was big, and I had to have help. But, but what happened, I was excited. I mean, it was just, it's just awesome when, when the Lord allowed us to, to see the riches, and we're going to get with that, the riches that's within the sea. Now, the next, what we want to find out is what makes a great fisherman? What, what, what makes a great fisherman? The first thing God says to me is this. A fisherman has to trust the process. I'm sure you all have heard that before. A fisherman has to trust the process. I said, Lord, what does that mean, trust the process? Because we always hear it. We hear that saying, trust the process. Well, it, God says it means this. Even though things may look bad, even though things look bad, you still have to trust the process. 
And the reason why you have to trust the process is because you have a plan in place or God has a plan in place for betterment. So a great fisherman trusts the process no matter what it looks like. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances may be, a great fisherman trusts the process. Now, the next thing God says is this. Now, the timing, your timing has to be correct. You have to make sure that you're, you're, you're fishing because we're going to see why we're using, God is using the illustration of a fisherman. You have to trust the process, the timing, because if you go before time, you won't catch anything. If you go too late, you still won't catch anything. So the timing has to be correct, all right? Because we're getting ready to go deep, deep sea fishing, amen? You know, we, 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 your timing, he says, a great fisherman has to have great timing, okay? Then the third thing he says is this. He says, uh, you got to have the right bait. You have to have the right bait. I remember my mama used to say this. She used to say, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar, right? So we need to learn how to love on people rather than be harsh and cruel because when you give them that honey, they are more apt to hear what you got to say before you go in with the kill, amen? So you got to have the right bait because, see, God is, is calling us, and we all are fishermen, amen? And we're going to see that in a minute. So he's saying, now, he's the, the thing has to be that you got to have the right bait. He says, a great fisherman, you don't always use worms. I learned that. I mean, they use all kinds of stuff, but it has to be attractive. It's something about color that attracts, attracts a fish for you to be able to catch, it, catch them. It's something about color. You, when it comes down to our everyday life, when it comes down to, to uh, interacting with people, Nobody wants to see a prune face. Amen. Nobody wants to see a prune face. Amen. If I'm down, if you've got some joy, I want some joy. I, I mean, I can catch hope and I can get excited by the joy that you have. Um, uh, something happened this morning, and I want to, I wasn't going to share I mean, I hadn't planned on it, but uh, I got a picture this morning. Uh, uh, and, and Brother Norris had sent me a picture. And he had this great big smile on his face. And the only thing I could respond to was, I love your energy. See, you, the thing is, we got to understand that when we begin to, to allow the Lord in us to come out of us, that energy, it can change a person's life. So we, we as Christians, we as fishermen, we need some energy. Amen. I mean, we need to be excited about our God. Amen. I mean, we really need to be excited about him. Now, the next thing God says this, he says this. He says, now, you have to be a student, a great fisherman is a student of the occupation. He has to be a student of the occupation. I said, okay, God, what are you talking about? He said, Brenda, it's like this. He said, you cannot be a student and a teacher at the same time. Y'all catch that? You can't be the student and the teacher at the same time. It's just like coming in when we're supposed to be getting fed from the Lord and we already got a preconceived things in our mind what a particular scripture may say. So when God is speaking, we, we are to be the student. Amen? When we're at home and, and he's speaking, we have to sit down and become the student because there is something God is trying to get over to us. So he said, you can't be the teacher, Brenda, and the student at the same time. You, a student is designed to sit and learn and take in what the teacher is teaching. Because sometimes when we don't listen, we will fail the test. We will, we will fail the test. Now, I, I remember I, uh, uh, maybe two, three years ago, probably three years now, I, I went on a fast. I went on a fast, and I fasted for 21 days. Without any food, without any water, I fasted for 21 days. Of course, you know, my husband was concerned because I wasn't eating and I had gone on this fast. But every seven days, I would have a lesson. God would take me into a dream, and each time in the dream, I was always in the classroom. I was in the classroom. And he would just be showing me things. He would just show me things, and he would just teach it. And I'm sitting there thinking in my mind that I'm learning. 
Well, what happened? Here comes the test. What happened? Brenda failed the test. How many times do we fail the test of life? How many times do we fail the test of life? Life brings us trials and tribulations, but we also have the word of God that will give us the antidote to every situation. But many times we fail the test. Well, on the 14th day of my fasting, I was in the classroom again. In that classroom, once again, I'm teaching. This time, Clef O'Dollar is in my dream. I don't know why Clef O'Dollar was in my dream, but he was trying to teach me something. And, of course, what happened? At the end, we had a test, and what did Brenda do? Brenda ended up failing the test. And I'm like, Lord, I'm fasting. God, help. I, I keep fasting. I mean, Lord, I don't understand why I'm failing. He said, Brenda, you're not a good student. He says, you are not a good student. Well, come the 21st day, once again, I'm in a classroom. And while I'm in the classroom, God begins to give me the instructions again. But this time, something strange happened. This time, he shows me a dream where I see people dressed in nothing but white. And, And they were going up this hill. The only person I recognized was another minister that I, that I had at one point, we were attending church together. And I saw him going up the hill. And I heard a, a, a voice speaks to me and say, you need to put on your wedding garment. I saw this beautiful, beautiful dress. Beautiful. It was too, I mean, the lace. It was nothing like anything I'd ever seen before. And, and they told me that it was time for the groom to come, so I needed to get dressed. I needed to put on the wedding garment. And when I got dressed, right before, right before I got ready to put on the veil, all of a sudden I, de- I decided I didn't want to put on the veil. I didn't want to put on the whole entire garment because I felt like in my spirit, if I did, I probably would have died that night. But all of that came through that fasting. All of that came through that fasting. So the Lord lets me know. He lets me know now. You've you got to be a good student when it comes down to the class of God. And he begins to teach us about things of life. Every time we go through an experience, that is a trial. Those experiences, not only do they help us, but they do help others. So do not discard your, your experiences because somebody's coming down the road will need the lesson that you have learned. We're going to pray that you have, have learned, right? Past tense that you learned. Now, when we don't learn from the lesson, we'll keep going around the same place, round and round and round and round. Yeah, have you ever seen the same scenery over and over and over and over? He's like, I believe I've been this way before. It's because we didn't learn the lesson. We were not a good student. We were not a good student. So we have to go back through the class again. And then the Lord says this. He says this now. You have to have a passion. Uh, a great fisherman has a, has a passion. He has a love for the game. If you don't love what you're doing, you will not have a passion, and you will give up just like those two fishermen that would allow the fishermen to go out of their, their vessel, the, the ship. They allow that their passion for what they're doing. You have to have the passion to end this game. Because when it talks about uh, um, winning people for Christ, oh, you better have some passion. You better, because see, the Bible is explicitly saying they are very, he says, straight, straightest, narrow is the way. You know, and then he says, straight is the way in one, one translation. But he says there are few that find it. That means there are few travelers on that straight street. But when it comes down to the broad street, the Bible says there's a lot of folk there. I mean, there's a whole lot of people there. But then he says this. He says, not only do you have to have patience, but then he says you also have to be able to and be willing to go where no one else will go. Hmm. He said you got to be willing to go where no one else will go. All right, now, let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10. Now, we're still talking about, we're still talking about deep waters. And we're still talking about how to pull in uh, and how to be a great fisherman. But we also have to understand we have to be willing to go where others won't, will not go. 
Now, in the book of Acts, chapter number 10, and we will begin reading at verse number 13. Now, before, before verse number 13, there was a man by the name of Cornelius. Now, when it comes down to Cornelius, Cornelius was a Gentile. Now, Peter, he's a Jew. Jew had, Jews had no dealings with the Gentiles. They had no dealings. And, but one thing about this particular person, now, the, the one that was a Gentile or what we may call a heathen, it, the Bible says he, he, he uh, feared God and he gave much alms to the people, but he wasn't saved. Now, Peter was a Jew. He also was an apostle, but he had some problems. Amen. We as Christians have to be careful how we deal with God's people. We, let me say that again. We as Christians have to be very careful how we deal with God's people. Because sometimes we as Christians, and sometimes when we've overcame a situation, we have some prejudice. Now, I'm not talking about racial prejudice. I'm dealing with religious prejudice here. Amen. This is what we're talking about. Now, look at what happened. Now, verse number 13. All right. Now, no, let me, let me go to verse number 11. I'm sorry. It says, now, Peter, he goes up on this rooftop, okay, and it's during the time of prayer. Now, verse number 11 says, and he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheep knit at the four corners and let down to earth. Watch verse number 12. He says, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. Watch verse 13. It says, and there came a voice to him. God is speaking. He says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now, you got to understand now that Jews didn't eat certain kind of meat, you know. But God says in the New Testament, you just go ahead and bless that thing and go on. Now, you got to have some common sense, too. Amen. Amen. Because, see, now, what happens, God is speaking to him because he's about to send somebody in that, that Peter does not totally agree with or can connect, uh, cannot connect with. So God tells him, now, he drops this sheet down, and it's got all types of animals in it. And God tells him to rise up, kill, and eat. Okay? Now, watch what Peter says in verse number 14. But Peter says, not so, look who he's talking to. Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Now, God tells him to rise up, kill, and eat. But he talks back to God and tells God, mm-mm, no, I, I, I can't deal with that. I can't. I can't touch that. I, I can't take that in. But watch how God responds to him uh, here again in verse number 15. It says, And the voice spake unto him again the second time. Watch what God says. What God has cleansed, that call not thou common. God said, listen. What I have cleansed, God says, you do not call common or unclean see peter had a problem because that person didn't look like them or think like them peter had a problem peter thought he had it all going on is that not like religious folk they 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 think they got it all going on and they are untouchable and and i'm like if if you got what you say you got the holy ghost the, the power of jesus christ on the inside what makes you think that those things can overpower you if you got what you say you got? He says now, I, I, I don't deal with that. Have you ever been around? At, at one time in my life, I, I can be real. At one time in my life, I'm like, mm -mm, I, I don't deal with them kind of folk. I, 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 I'm, I, I don't deal with that. I, I'm, you know, I'm away from that. Amen. But I've learned like Peter had to learn. You don't call what God has cleansed common or unclean. You don't do that because he says this. And God gave me a word, still hadn't been able to preach it. And he was saying, loving the undesirable. And I'm like, okay, God, who's undesirable? And I'm trying to think in my mind, Sister Joan, I'm trying to think in my mind, well, these undesirable people that's in my life. You know what God said to me? Baby, you the undesirable. <laughs> he, he flipped that coin. He put the light back on me. He said, you the undesirable. I said, what you talking about, God? 
He said, while you were yet sinners, he said, I died for you. He said, you were the undesirable. He said, you stop looking at my people as they are undesirables. He said, because you once at one point in your life and sometimes still is, is undesirable. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Amen. Because, see, we can come out of this religious mess. We can come out of that. See, Peter was an apostle. Peter was a leader. But yet he did not want to touch anything he thought in his mind was unclean. But look what God did. God said, the voice of the voice come to him the second time. How many times does God have to speak to us about the way we treat people, how we respond to people? How, how many times? Now, watch, watch, watch the word. Watch the word. Verse 16 says, this was done twice, meaning three times, and saying the vessel was received up again unto heaven. Now, looking at verse number 28 in the same chapter, Acts 10. Uh, Acts chapter number 10, verse number 28. And then verse 28 says, and he said unto them, Ye know that it is unlawful, an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew, watch this, to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God had showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. God, God, any man. He says, he said, God showed that God had to reveal to him that he, it's not his job to, to, to call any man, he says, uh, common or unclean. That's the, and one thing, and, and I, I'm, I'm jumping the ship, but one thing God said to me, and I, I, I may miss it at the end. God said, Brendan, it's your job to catch the fish. He says, it's my job to clean the fish. Amen. Did we catch that? It's God's job, it's our job to catch the fish. But it's God's job to clean it. Now, how many times we want to plant water and do the increase too? We want to do God's job. But that's not our job. God said, brother, you're designed to catch the fish. It's not your your job. It's not your duty to clean up nobody. Because he says, once the word goes forth, it's the word that does the cleaning and the washing. He says, it's not your job. I had a hard time with that. I mean, I, still sometimes I have a hard job with that. Still sometimes I want to clean it up. I want to catch that fish, and I want to clean it too. Amen. I, I just want your life to be what I want it to be. and all. But, but, but God said, no, 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 brother. He said, no. Now, let's go back now. Let's go back. Let's go back to St. Luke chapter number 5. Let's go back. All right. Now, verse number 4, Luke. Now, we're going get, to get with some other stuff here. All right. St. Luke chapter number 5. Now, verse number four, uh, Jesus is speaking. He says, and when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. That net there represents your mind. It represents your mind. Now, at this time, not only does Simon mean hearing, but Simon also means a wandering mind. How many times have we had wandering minds? Amen. So he tells him now, he said, now listen, he said, now listen. He said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. See, not only do we have to hear the word of God, but we have to hear the word of God with acceptance. He tells him now, he said, now launch out to the deep. I, I saw something else the Lord showed me. He said, now, Brendan, he said, now, Christ was on the land and so were the people. But when, G, when he begins to, to do deep things, to take you into deep waters, he said, everybody can't go where you're going. Not into the deep waters. He said, everybody can't go. So he leaves the people on the land, but it's Simon Peter who's been called to go into the deep. He tells him, he said, now you launch out. I said, okay, God, what does launch mean? He said, to thrust out. He said, to go forward. Because, see, in order to go into deep waters, you got to go forward. you got to move forward. And he says, you thresh out in the deep, and that's where the riches are. So then I asked God another question. I said, well, what will I find in the deep? What will I find in the deep? Now, let's look at Job before we read these. Let's go to the book of Job, Job chapter number 38, I believe. Job 38. And verse number 
Job 38, and we're going to look at verse number 28. I'm going to start reading at verse 28. Verse 28, Job 38, verse, number, verse 28. Verse 28 says, listen to this in Job. Hath the rain a father? Think about the shower we just got yesterday, some of us. And the question here is, uh, God is speaking to, to Job. He says, have the rain a father? Does the rain have a father? Okay. Then he goes on to say, or who have begotten the drops of the dew? Out of the womb, who, out of whose womb came the ice and the horror frost of heaven, who have gendered it? Verse 30 is where we want to go. It says, the waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. What does that mean, the face of the deep? It means the water supply. Your, your, life, your life supply or your source of life, it is hid in the deep. So I said, God, what is it now that, that I can find in the deep? Tell me, Lord, the things that I will be able to find in the deep. Now, uh, if you've got a good mind, you can remember these or you can write these down because I don't have these up, up on the monitor. Now, the first thing he says, because he told him to go into the deep water, you've got to launch out into the deep water. So there are some things that ordinary people will not find if they stay on the surface level. If you want to find some, some, some deep things of God, God said you've got to go into a deeper level. And so he says the first thing now, he said you'll find this in, in the deep. He said uh, in the deep is where the spirit of the Lord moves upon the water. That, that is Genesis 1 and 1. He said, uh, uh, the spirit of the Lord is that is moving upon the deep. It's where you find the spirit of the Lord. Now, in the deep, you know, when you go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, it says the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. So you'll find the spirit of the Lord. Now, being on the most times when we really find God is when we're really in trouble. That's when God will begin to reveal his hand and show us different things about himself. He said, the spirit of the Lord moved upon the waters. He said, you will find God's spirit in the deep. The next thing he says is where the fountains are broken up and the windows of heaven are open. Genesis 8 and 2. You will find the windows of heaven opening up when you're in the deep places. When you're in, in deep places, when you're a place of death, you will find the windows of heaven opening up to you. That's probably why I was able to sit there almost five hours a couple of days ago. Because the windows of heaven had opened up. And he began to drop those nuggets. And he says now, he says, in the deep, Brenda, this is where you're going to find the windows of heaven open. It's just like when Stevenson was stoned. When Stevenson was stoned, the Bible says that the windows of heaven open up. I mean, he was being stoned to death. But he sees Christ. See, in these deep places, uh, the depth that we go into, God said, this is where you will find him. You will find him. He said, heaven will open up. You, he will, God will begin to reveal things that you never dreamed about. But it's in those open places, but it's also in those deep places. And the next thing he says is, is where the blessings lie. In Genesis 49 and 25, in those deep places is where your blessings lie. You see, those men have been tolling all night. We're going to get back there. They had been tolling. They had caught nothing. But it was in the deep places is where they got the drought. They, 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 God told them to launch out into the deep. You cannot stay on shallow waters or shallow ground and receive the riches of God. See, a lot of times people, well, two people, we said it before, can be in the same location and they will not get the same thing. They will not get the same thing. Because, see, the perception is, is different. One can see, you know how it is, one can see riches and another can see rags. But not until you get into that, to the deep that you'll be able to see the riches that the rag that you see or that which you think is undesirable, that you will really see the riches of God in it. It says that's where your blessings are, in the deep. That's, that's where your blessings are. And then the next thing he says is where discoveries are made in darkness and brought to the light. That, that's that's in, in Job 12, 12 and 22. It's where discoveries are made it, in, in darkness. It, it's just like this. 
before Paul, before God begins to minister to Paul, undesirables. But the thing is, what happened with Paul, God began to reveal him the mysteries. See, there are he says all his revelations came from God. He, he was not taught those things. Whenever we sit down in, a, in that deep place in God, then you'll be surprised of the things that God will reveal. There are discoveries. What was the discoveries that Paul had? He discovered that all people are created equal in the sight of man, in the sight of God, not man, but in the sight of God. Because what happened was the Gentiles had a right to salvation just like the Jews did. But, but the people felt like they were better. They felt like they were better. But you can discover some things in the deep, deep waters of God. And I'm, I'm like, God, I want to drink from your fountain. I want to drink from your fountain until I spill over. Until I run over. I mean, to, to run over to such a degree that it would spill over on other people's lives. See, that, that's the kind of stuff that you want. Amen? See, these are the discoveries, discoveries that you, that you want. And then God says this. He says, you will find in the deep the thoughts of God. See, God's ways is not like ours. That's why I was messed up, you know, when I had decided who the undesirables were. You know, you know, y'all been there too. Amen. Don't pretend that you hadn't because you know that you have, you know, you know, that you, you those undesirable people, you know. But but I discovered just just like Peter, no, God said, You don't call them common or unclean. He said, You too once was an undesirable. So we got to understand that now. He said, We'll find the thoughts of God. See, the thoughts of God is in the word of God. It's in the word of God. And then he says, you can find the wonders of God. The wonders of God. I'm like, the wonders of God? He said, yes, Psalms 107, verse 24. He said, you can find the wonders of God. That's why he says in the book of Psalms, he's talking about who is man, that, that God is so mindful of man. That especially since God has slung the, the stars and, and the moon and, and all these planets in, in, in the universe, but he is so excited about man. That's, that's power. That's the wonders of God. I mean, some of us, we would be more excited about the galaxies and all these discoveries in the galaxy. But, but God said, no. He said, look at man. He said, man is an a, is a, a awesome commodity. He said, man is, it carries so much value, so many jewels. He said, I mean, the, even the angels began to question about man. That, that's something. That's powerful. When the angels began to question God about mankind, he said, who is man that you're so mindful of him? He said, who is, this, who is this dude? Who is this character? Who is man that you think so much about him, that you're willing to give your life for him? That's amazing. That the God of our salvation, the God of the universe, would give his life for a man who most times do even desire God. But yet God himself, I mean, God said, man is just, he's made in, the, in my image. He's made in my likeness. He, I have placed man. That's what God says the other, other week. He says, I even put man over the earth. That's how much I love man. I have given the earth to man. I'm like, oh, God, the wonders of God. How is it possible that it could be raining here and you go to another state and they may have snow? That's wonders of God. I mean, that, that's a wonder. I mean, I'm like, God, this is amazing. I mean, you can have hail the size of a golf ball, and it's hot outside, and you would think that ought to be mountain. But that's the wonders of God. God is so amazing. All these things. See, sometimes we need to stop and, and take a thought, sit, sit back and begin to, to listen to God. Let me hurry along. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And then the next thing he says, there are revelations and secret things in the deep places. Revelations and secret things. And that's Daniel chapter 2, 22. Now, revelations. See, God will reveal, uncover mysteries about the deep things. That's what God would do. Now, let's go back to the book of St. Luke. St. Luke chapter 5. Uh, and we're going to go, we're going to finish up here. Um, beginning with verse number 5. 
Saint uh, Luke chapter five, verse number five. Because he's, he's telling, he's told him, you know, he told Simon, he said, now you thrust out, you 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 move, you forward movement, you you go into the deep. This is where I am, God says. Now, and every, remember now, everybody can't go there. Now, verse five says, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, will I, I will let down the net. In other words, he said, at your word, God, I'm going to change my mindset about going out into the deep. Because most people are afraid of deep waters. Most people are afraid to venture out, right? Have ever God called you to do something and you was too afraid to do it? I've been there. I've been there. I've done it. I was too afraid to launch out in the deep. And once I got there, I realized it wasn't that, that difficult at all. It was not that difficult. But he is saying now, he says now, the thing is this. He says, he, he had enough sense to say, at thy word, at God's word, he says, I'm going to do what you said. Even though I've been toiling all night long. Now, see, that's when timing, timing, fishermen, uh, they fish at night. You're going to get your greatest catch. Oh, I see your Holy Spirit. He says, your greatest catch will be in, an, in a person's night season. Your greatest catch will be in a person's night season. When they're going through, when they have hard times. You know, when people are up and think they got it going on, everything seems like everything's working good for them. He said, you can't reach them because they're operating in self. He said, but you let them get in a hard place in their night season. He, in that difficult times, he said, that's when you can reel that fish in. Because, see, you, go, you got the right bait. You got to wait for the right timing. You got to wait for the right timing. So here it is now. He says this. He said, now, at thy word. He said, I will let down the net. He had, you have to change your mindset. You have to change your mindset. Once you change your mindset and, and realize it's at the word of God. God taught me this a, a few weeks ago. And I was praying. Anybody been praying for things that seem like it just don't, just ain't going to happen? Can I use that broken language? Broken? It seems like it's just not going to happen, you know. And, and God said, listen, get up from your pity party, he said. This is how he talks to me. Brother Carl, he talks to me this way. He said, get up out of your pity party and get to praying. And then he told me, I'm like, Lord, why? He said, let me tell you about prayer. He said, prayer goes beyond any barrier. It goes beyond any obstacle. The prayer can go anywhere. I bet you it wasn't a good hour for God to answer that prayer. Because I got up out of my pity party and at thy word, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. I went to praying. And I prayed in faith and God answered, okay? So we get to understand now. Now, now he says, at thy word. Now look at verse number 6 in uh, Luke 5. Verse 6 says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. When they followed the instructions of God. You remember, uh, you got to be a good student. You got to be a good student. Students follow instructions. They get a multitude. Now, when you fish and you throw out a net, you're going to get all kinds of fishes. You're going to get some undesirables. You're going to get some crazy-looking ones. And you're going to pick up every, any and everything. God said, that's how life is. To be a good fisherman, you've got to be willing to throw out the net. You've got to throw out your mindset. You've got to go beyond what you think. Because God knows where the fish are. He knows the people that need to be saved. He knows that. He said, you're going to catch in all kinds. That's why this house does not dis discriminate against folk. I don't care what you've been through or what has happened in your life. That's not none of my business. That's God's business. I always, God said, your job is, is to deliver that word. It's up to the individual to receive the word. But he said, brother, let me do my job. Let me clean them. He said, let me clean them. He said, you don't know how. He said, you've been cut up the wrong thing. So, so God says now, in, in, in this house, in this house, we accept every and anybody. Now, it doesn't matter what this, we all got issues. We all have issues. Anybody here does not have an issue? <laughs> I didn't think so. We all got issues. Some of our issues are hidden. Amen. Amen. You know, 
you know, there's one thing about religious folk. I don't want to say church folk because God's coming back for his church. One thing about religious folk, religious people, we, we like to wear this front. We, we put on this face and, 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 and we dress and, and, and we walk around like we got it all going on. Look good on the outside and tore up in a hot mess on the inside. Amen. Take off the mask. Take off. That's why there's so many people that's not into the, and, and, and it comes in fellowship now. Because church people wear masks. We got problems. We all have problems. If it's not within our own immediate family, if it's not your companion, it might be your children, it might be your next door neighbor, it might be the street. We all got problems. And if you sit long enough and listen to people, you'll find out they got problems too. You think your, your, your stuff is bad. Oh, my. Just take time and listen sometimes. But, but the thing is, God said, I'm going to bring in all kinds. And if you can't handle it, they said, you need to get up and go. He's talking to me now. He said, you can't help what I bring into the house. Huh, what I bring into the house. He said, you need to go. We are designed. We are a house that takes in everybody. I don't care what your past is. That's not my business. That's God's business. It's up to the Lord to do these things. And it's not up to us. He goes back again. He's a brother. It's your job to, to, to catch him. It's not your job to clean. And I said, yes, the Lord. Yes, the master. Yes, the master. That's how you speak to them. You know, yes, that's when you humble yourself down. Amen. You humble yourself down. Because you have not arrived yet. You know, the Bible says, it's he that endureth to the end. The same shall be saved. You can be saved if they mess around and, and, and fall off the wagon and, and walk away from God. And when he calls your number, you'll be on the outside. It's if you endure to the end, you've got to walk out the journey that God has given you. Do I like my journey? No. I'm not going to tell you that I do. But it's a journey that God has picked for you. It's a journey that God has picked for you. So, therefore, he knows, he knows the end of our destiny. Now, let me finish. Oh, Jesus, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Amen. He says now, he said, the net breaks. Verse 6, says talks about when they call in all kinds, the, the net breaks. That's another wonder of God. V- verse 7 says, and they beckon unto their partners. See, we got some partners in this. Which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. You know, when God does a catch, God does a catch. <laughs> he brings in all types of people. And, and, it's, it's, and the thing about the Lord is, it's more than you can handle. See, when we get in those deep waters, going the riches of God, it's more than we can handle. So we're supposed to share with others. Well, it's more than what we can handle. Now, verse number 8 says, and watch this. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. He falls to his knees. He sees how wretched he and then the Bible says, he's saying to the Lord, he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I remember my brother-in-law said something to me one day. He asked me a question. And I, like Brenda, sometimes we have an answer before we speak. <laughs> and, and, and that's not good. So when I began to, began to spout off and say what I had to say, he looked at me. Now, this, mind you now. This is my brother-in-law that has dementia, okay? He says to me, ye without sin cast the first stone. Now, I felt like Peter. I felt naked before the Lord. You would think somebody that has dementia would even, wouldn't even come up with a scripture like that. But when I began to you know, say what I had to say, he nicely put me in my place, showed me how sinful Brenda is. He said, ye, because wasn't nobody standing there but me. He said, ye without sin cast the first stone. Well, I dropped my head and I did like them people did. And like most church folk do. We kind of backed up. We kind of backed up because the Lord had just gave me a spanking. Amen. He just gave me a spanking. Amen. Through someone that had dementia. 
That's amazing. Because see, sometimes that mind in and sometimes that mind is out. But this time, that mind was right on target. That mind was on, right on target. God had to show me where I was. I was not in a place where I needed to be. Amen. So I don't mind telling y'all about my shortcomings. Amen. Because by me telling you about my shortcomings, see, y'all think, well, the preacher got it all going on. Well, baby, I hate to disappoint you, but we do not. Amen. I want to correct that right now. We do not. We do not. Now, going down to verse number 9, it says, For he was, Peter was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fish which they had taken. And then the Bible says, And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. God uses people. He uses their experiences to catch others. That's why you got to learn to be a fisherman. You got to learn to be a student. You, you, we have to, to learn how to go to those undesirable places or be amongst undesirable people to be able to witness. It might be in the grocery store. It might be on your job. But he says, we as Christians, we, he has designed us to be great fishermen. Wherever you are, whatever the circumstances may be, whomever you may encounter in life, you remember you carry a valuable cargo. That cargo on the inside of you is none other than Jesus Christ himself. And you know what God says? Sometimes it's like this. The only book that some people will ever read will be you. They may not never show up at church. They may not never show up at a Bible study. But he says, you the book. Let them read you. But make sure you find yourself in deep waters to get the knowledge of God, how to handle those people that God will bring into your vineyard. Understand, God is about thrust us, individuals, into deep waters. Deep waters. Don't throw back the fish because we think it's undesirable. He said, don't throw them out. He said, that very one you throw away is the one I can use. Think about where we came from. Did not God using some of us today to minister to others? Amen. And he didn't throw us away. He said, but get into the deep water. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. I just, I'm just so blessed. I hope, I pray, I hope and pray that you all received something from the word. That kind of triggered, that just uh, set your soul, your spirit on fire to, to, to understand. There's something in the deep. I, I, I want, there's some riches there. There's some riches. There's some riches there. And I want to get those riches. It's not about money. It's about souls. 